Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Please open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. We will read from verse 9. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9. When I am done, I will say this is the word of the Lord. Please respond with thanks be to God. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's um, the second Sunday in our new series titled R&B, um, rooted and built up in Christ. If you can't see it clearly, um, so why we and it's based on the book of Colossians. So the reason why we decided to do Colossians is because Colossians. Um, in particular, amongst all of Paul's epistles, places an high emphasis on the preeminence of Christ. That is, Christ being the source of all wisdom, understanding, treasures, riches for the Christian and for anyone who is interested you know, in, in, in Christianity and the Christian God. And so this letter, it was, it was a le- actually a letter written by Paul to a small Colossae church like Pastor Femi showed us last week. That Colossae is not... The Lagos or Abuja of our time, Colossus like the, um, I didn't say, <laughs> of our time. Yeah, so <clears throat> what we hope to do with this series is that um, in this series, Rooted and Built Up, that's in Colossians 2, it's actually a phrase in Colossians 2. And what, we, what we hope that God will do through this series is we'll learn so much um, about how to be established in a vertical relationship with God and how to be established in horizontal relationships in church, at work, marriage, relationships, and you know, everything. Um, so last week was famous um, for the right reasons from Colossians 1, um, verses 1 to 8. Today is from Colossians 1, from verses 9 to um, 14. Um, and I'll start by saying this. If you think really deeply and you look, um, if you take just 
a candid look at your life or at the lives of people around you that you know. You observe that most of us, almost everyone, most of our lives and most of the decisions that we make, we do it in a way to get attention. We do it in a way to get respect of others. We do it in a way to honor other people. And because this gives us some kind of pleasure, it gives us, it gives us some sense of fulfillment. And I'll show you. Um, there might be a number of us here who married our, our spouse, you know, because that is the person your parents eventually wanted you to marry. And some of us, the course, um, the course that we studied in university or the course that we're about to study, you know, I spoke with, I spoke, I spoke with someone some weeks back who wants to study something differently, where his parents insist that this course of study is what, to, um, is what they want him to do. Some of us have, have made those decisions. Um, some fathers or mothers work so hard to make money, like, um, so that they can pay the fees of their kids, so that when, in time to come or in, in future years, okay, you can tell your child that, see, I slipped this out for you. Look at the legacy that I put down for you. You know, I work so hard so that you can have this kind of education. This is the reason why I work hard. You know, some of us took the job that we have, or we're considering to take a job you're applying, because of your friends, because of the, the because because of the friends you know that you went to school with, because of the colleagues, you know people that you grew up with in your neighborhood, you see where they've come in life, and you're really particular about the kind of job that can make you be in the same social class, the same social status that they are, because you can't come, you can't carry last. If everybody's doing this well, why not you? You grew up in the same neighborhood, you had the same kind of parents, you went to the same kind of secondary school. Then why will I be why will I be slacking? And for some of us, your WhatsApp story is full of throwing shades at your ex um, <clears throat> in very stylish ways. You know, you just say something like, I'm just funny. Maybe somebody can go with a lame, can go like um, the patient doggy, the fattest bone. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens is that maybe your ex is even a better guy than the ex now comes back to, he knows, you know this thing now, you just, you're not watching the story of the person, the person that sees you're not watching your story, you be tracking your ass on Instagram, you track your shadow, you know, but you guys are just watching each other. For some of us, um, it is hashtag goals on Instagram and Twitter, hashtag goals, you see the celeb puts up, um, you know, you, you find people, when they see a picture of a couple, or maybe, I don't know, I don't want to mention names, but you shall see this golden couple, Say, wow, man, they're just made for each other. And then you now repost it, then you now put hashtag relationship goals or hashtag couple goals. Or you see someone travel to a place that um, you like to be, you just put vacation goals, all kinds of stuff. This is what you want to do, what other people do. People are, people are the ones inspiring us, some of the activities that I do. Or the career that you've chosen, that you've chosen to tread is because of a role model, is because of a book that you read. It's just some people, something, most of our decisions are made. Um, but where the problem arises is when, as we aspire to these heights or to these dreams, or we want to become these things or do these things, for many of or some of us, we find out that we're not good enough, you know, to really attain those goals. We find out that we don't have the required skills. We don't have the necessary sets of abilities or the conditions are not just right for us to be able to achieve these goals that we want. And for even when we try to achieve them, 
I'm just, and I, I know a few people who slept so hard to restore the course their parents to study, to do the kind of career. And then just around the time when their parents will begin to benefit the work that they've labored for, the father died or the, or the, or the mother died. So what is, what, is, what is the gain of everything I've been doing? Or you're doing so well for this person, could be a parent or uncle or aunt. And you do it so that hopefully this can bring you guys closer. I mean, the person will like, the person will appreciate, the person will look up to you. But what you find out is he's not even interested in you. He's selfish. He's, he never brought you guys closer. All he wanted was his own dreams, the dreams that he could not achieve, to be achieved through you. He wanted to live his life through you. Or you're going to discover that this role model of yours, you know, this author that you read or this this book that you studied for so long and you try to tailor your life after, you're going to discover that the man has been a pedophile for, for 30 something years. Or this man has been involved in all kinds of criminal thefts, you know, duping people underneath for many years, only to discover soon. So this person you, you've put up there as your as your idol. So it crashes. But maybe some of us are even smart enough, like we're self-aware enough. You are, um, you're self-assured, you're you are thoughtful, you, you don't <coughs> live based on other people, you don't follow what other people want you to follow. You are the author of your own life, you are the captain of your own soul. You determine where you should go. You make good plans based on deep thought and data. But then things you never saw coming, like a government policy, just all of the forecasts you've done, five year, 10 year forecast for this business, by the time we do this, I put this in place, all of this will go into um, the, 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 the mutual funds, my family, this will go into the vacation, I want to go to Greece, and so yeah, everything, the government policy didn't just work well. Government refused to pay you guys for as long. You guys kept pursuing government money, you didn't come. Or extreme sickness, cancer, terminal illness, it doesn't, it doesn't give you a sign, it doesn't tell you you just went for a chuckle one day. I told you, man, you have to put your house in order. You have an uncle, you have an aunt, or so maybe it's you. Or you live in abroad, like some of our people do. I don't know if people still do a lot of this. And you work so hard after struggling so hard to gather this money, to save it, put it together, and you escaped. You even stole some of your family people money, you did people to carry this money, and then you travel abroad. I had a cousin who did this. So he traveled abroad, and then he worked so hard after a few years, kept sending money back home to this auntie to buy land, to build house, food, send my kids to everything. Then only for him to come back, you know, he's done, now he's labored, he's gone to hostels, and he's coming back to enjoy. And he comes back, he cannot even find, like there's, like it's not, he has to stay in a hotel. The land, no land, no house, no car, no investment. Where is the money? It's not, he didn't even bury it like the guy with one talent. He didn't bury it. There's no way to recollect it. And where does this leave us? All of these things where some of us are anxious. Um, we don't know what's, what's the next step. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do now? And the person I'm modeling my life, the person I'm living for, what are my plans are not working out, or I'm anxious, we don't know where to go. Some of us are tired. Like I've applied myself. It's not, I'm not lazy. I'm not a lazy, everybody, I'm not a lazy person. 
Have you ever said that? I'm, I know I'm not a lazy person. I keep everything I do, but people think I'm lazy. Now you're tired. You're scared that you have this great plan now, you have this great scheme now, but what is the chance that this one will not also fail? What is the chance? You are angry. You are sad. You are confused. Satisfaction and fulfillment you thought you would have. You feel nothing but emptiness. The text here today is for people like us. Because in this text, there is a way out. In this text, Paul says that the way you can, the way we can resolve this issue, the way we can bring fulfillment in this kind of place, the way we can bring something out of this kind of scenario, this status in life, is to know one thing. Paul says, is to know the will of God. That's what Paul says, to know the will of God. And Paul doesn't say to know the will of God. Paul says to pray to know the will of God. Paul says that's the answer, to know the will of God, to pray to know the will of God. And I want you to get something. It's Colossians 1 verse 9. You see it in, um, in verse 9. It says, with the knowledge of his will. But in Colossians 1 verse 1, see what Paul was saying. Paul said that Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. So you see, some of us are even molded our lives after or we try to follow the instructions or the wisdom of men of God, of pastors, of priests, of prophets, of seers. You see, Paul is saying, hey, because last week we learned that, Pastor Fami told us that these guys were famous for the right reasons. You know, gospel was bearing fruit in their lives. Gospel was growing. They were flourishing in good stuff. But Paul is saying, don't, don't let my praise of you, don't let this, my joy that I have for you, don't be driven by that, though, that an apostle like me, a great apostle, that God has used to lay foundations for the gospel, don't be driven even by my own appreciation. Don't be driven by even my own commendation. He says, see, this will of God I'm asking to be filled with, this is the same will of God by which I am an apostle. So this is very essential. You know, I remember when I was on campus um, and would have my friends, I kind of like a bit, a bit spikoko, a bit tushu, that kind of stuff. So we we'll talk about, um, so wh- what are we going to do after school? And we're passionate about, you know, that time we're passionate about God, and very passionate about God until Lagos, you know, came into the plan. So passionate. So we we'll talk and say, where do you want to, where do you, what do you want to do? Ministry, you want to do stuff? Say yes. So where do you think the Lord is sending you to? Um, say we're not starting in countries. So so which is unlike um you know Sudan. I don't think the Lord is sending Someone give another country. Someone will say, um, you should name all these tough, tough countries, Togo, say nah 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 nah. Then you have brother that's talking, then you have your brother start naming countries, so when I start talking, someone will just say Kebede. So oh, okay. Someone will say um Seychelles, South Tome on principle, Fiji Islands. I think, why? Why are we saying it? Says, these people are not rich. They're not rich. They're part of their unreached groups. But back in, back in our mind, at least for me, I used to think I've, I kind of like studied some of those countries. And I know, man, those countries have beautiful beaches, you know, coastlines. And they have very fine women. <laughs> so God can anoint for me a woman I expect to look upon from among these people, a woman of fair countenance. 
like why? Like doing good work. So on the surface, it's as though um, I want to do this for God. It's as though I want to do this for the glory of God, for the work of God. Deep down in our hearts, you know, no matter how fresh or painted or ministerial it looks or true she looks or good it looks, was self-centered. Was he serving an interest that may not only it may be ours, but it may also be those of um, like our friends who decided to pursue some normal career. And say, ah, if those ones um, can have this kind of um, life, they can have this kind of babies, they can have this kind of we that are doing ministry, so we can't dull ourselves. Oh, we also have to do that line. So indirectly, we are still being inspired and we are still modeling our lives after others. So I want to tell us four things about the will of God because the will of God is going to um, change how we look at stuff. The will of God. Four things. That, <coughs> yeah, four, <laughs> four things. God's will is not a whim. God's will is a waiver. God's will comes through worthy work. God's will leads God's will comes through wisdom, and God's will leads to worthy work. So four things, in no particular order. So the first is, God's will is not a will. You see, when Paul speaks of to be filled with the knowledge of God's will here, this is not um, a sudden desire, like a whim. It's not, it's not a sudden desire of change of mind. It is a predetermined purpose of God to bless mankind in Christ. That is what that is what it refers to here. This will. Predetermined purpose of God to bless mankind in Christ. In the start of verse 9, it says, For this reason. And the reasons are those that we learned last week. Paul explained that the gospel that he, that he was sent to preach, the gospel that Epaphras has brought to them, that this gospel was bearing fruit and growing in their midst. Paul is saying that, you see, the reason that moves me to say that you should pray, the reason that it makes me say, that makes me pray that you will know the will of God, is not that things are not going well with you. It is not that you guys are in a fix. It is not that you guys are in a corner. He's saying, see, the reason why Paul was praying this kind of prayer for them, for them to know the will of God, was actually that they were doing well. It was actually that they were flourishing was that they had faith in God, was that they had love for all God's people. And so, but when we find ourselves sometimes praying for the will of God that will lead us to a place of fulfillment, that will lead us to a place where we are sure that we are doing what we are supposed to be doing, it's often when we are confused. It's often when we have exhausted our options. It's often when we have been pushed to the wall. Paul is praying for them when things seem to be going okay with them. Paul is praying for them when they seem to be producing fruits. Paul is praying for them not because their permutations and their calculations have failed. Paul is praying for them because he doesn't want them to be complacent. This is how we begin to know the knowledge of God's will. God's will is not a whim. See, next thing we see. You see, Paul says that we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Continually. It is not a prayer. You say, um, to know the will of God. Um, so now, because there's this thing in front of me, because this thing has gone at me, so I'm just going to dedicate a three-day fast. I'm going to separate myself for these seven days. It's not a bad idea. But Paul says he continually, because the, the will of God is not a, it's not a one-time change. It's not a one-time change of plan or desire or motive. 
Paul sees it as it continues. He says he continues to pray. We continually pray for you guys. We do not pray for an answer and stop. You see, Paul does not say, because you want to do a plan. And then you say, um, so someone asks you, so have you prayed about it? Yeah, I've prayed about it. You see, the fact that you've prayed over it doesn't mean that you can indulge in it. Paul says that just because you prayed about it, no, no. He said we continually, we continually pray. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says this. It says, commit your way to the Lord and I will establish your plans. And many people like to divide the scripture that way. It is like you have this thing in front of you that you want to do. You have this task or you have this decision you want to make and then you bring it to God. And so when you bring it to God, you expect that God is going to bless it. So God has given you something that should go ahead. No. That is not what that proverb means. That proverb means that you commit your life, everything, you commit whatever you are doing to the Lord. He is not promising through that proverb, although we know proverbs are not promises, but what that proverb is not saying is that that thing that you bring, just that one request that you bring, that God would bless it. No, no. He's talking about a continuous. He's not talking about a rule. He's not talking about a formula. He's not talking about a program. The other phrase I want us to take note of is, Paul says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his way. Fill you. He said, fill you here means that this knowledge of God's predetermined desire to bless us, of God's predetermined desire for us to do according to the gospel, he's saying that it should fill us to the point that it dominates us. That's what it means. Feel. It should feel you to the point that it controls you. It should feel us to the point where it is the only thing that drives our desires. It is the only thing that drives our motives. It is the only thing that drives our programs. It is the only thing that drives us long before we get to the point where we have to make a decision. Feel you. You see, because this is the thing. If this will of God does not fill us. If it's not what drives us, something else is going to drive us. Something else is driving us. As we're all seated here, something else is driving us. Your uncle, your aunt, hashtag goals, the books that you've read. And the kinds of options that we have in our city, like Colosse had, was they were getting to a time where they, they were in a space where there were all kinds of people who were saying, see, the gospel is not enough. You see, you have to mix it with, um, you know, with some fast here, some visions here, with these rules, with these programs. You have to bring, you see, just following the gospel cannot bring you fulfillment, cannot bring you fulfillment. It's not enough to cover your spiritual need. You know, there, are many of, well, there are many of such examples in our city, but one in particular that has that, 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 that risen in the past year or two years or so, is a particular, I'm not going to name it, but it's a particular foundation, you know, started by a guy who has dabbled in some Christianity, in Lagos, yeah, dabbled in some Christianity, went abroad to study some psychology or some, um, some faith-based stuff, whatever, and then what he does is, he's combining religion, he's combining psychology, he's combining sociology, is combining economics, is combining management, all of this together, and he has used to build, develop resources, teaching materials, put together a reading list and books. 
to help you to help you find fulfillment, to help you find joy, to help you find um, to, help, to help you live live a way that you can blossom to the fullest and not be full of all these wrong decisions here and there. This is what this guy has cooked up. And many are rushing to me. Young people in droves are rushing to his programs, his classes, his teachings, watching his resources. Paul is saying we should be careful. What we ought to be filled with is the will of God. First thing. The second thing. <clears throat> God's will comes through wisdom. God's will comes through wisdom. To fill you with the knowledge of his will, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, through all the wisdom. He said this knowledge of his will comes filling you through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. This is the kind of wisdom Paul is speaking of. You see, and wisdom, in biblical Galango, as we see here, refers to having what it takes to live a skillful, godly life. Skillful, godly life. Skillful, godly life. What do I mean by skillful, godly life? It is to have discernment, to have discretion. Discernment, we refer to, to having insights. That is, to be able to see multiple options and to be able to choose the best. To be able to see multiple options and to be able to determine the difference between what is right and wrong, what is what is to be able to define, define what is what is right and almost right, to determine the difference between what is good, what is better, and what is best. Discernment. Discretion, foresight, to be able to know which behavior will lead to what kind of results. This is kind of knowledge of God's will that comes through praying that Paul is talking about. This is what Paul is asking us for. This is what Paul is praying for us for. You see, we've talked about this before. But it's something that um, we, we, we like to go to God to give us instant answers and solutions to problems. We want to prove our spirituality. We want to prove um, how wise we are, how close we are to God by I went to God in prayer and I fasted for three days and then the Spirit of God showed me this. You know, I, I went to do this and while I was reading, you know, I just, something just prompted me. Something prompted me. And I, I just carried the Bible and I opened it and then just, I, I just saw it. I knew that's what I'm supposed to do. Or while we were in service, it was just an impression. You see, I, I'm going to talk about this. You see, this is not wrong, but this is not the primary way that the wisdom that Paul speaks about comes. The wisdom that Paul is asking for us comes. This is not the primary way. God is more interested in making us people that can make wise decisions than in giving us wise answers each time we come to pray. He's more interested. He's more interested in making us grow up to become people who can take the right steps at the right time, who know what to do and when to do it. And this is a part of wisdom that we often neglect. And this is something that I, I'm learning in, in this year or from late last year up to now. Is that, you see, some people know. They know scriptures. They know, they know stuff from the Bible. They, um, they interact with wise people. Um, they, 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 they can even discern. They, are even, they, even have this, they are even discreet. But they do not have the capacity to carry out the decision. You see, the wisdom that Paul is speaking of here 
as comes with the courage to do what you think is wise. So you know people who have read a lot of books, who are well versed, who are smarter than you, but who still keep who, who keep living, who keep who keep making unwise decisions, whose lives are not exemplary. Paul say, we pray that you will be filled with the will of God that comes through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Sometimes it comes, comes through this prayer alone. The courage to do. Um, there is a problem, though, that people will mention. You know, when I go to God and I ask him for answers to a particular condition or give me a step to make this step in my life, you know, I'm fulfillment. So some of us even want to do it well, to honor God, not even for ourselves. You see, the problem is that, you know, down is sure. When God gives me, I know that it's sure, it works. I just move and go. But if I try to follow this process you are saying, to grow up to become a wise person that follows God's will, to follow God's plan, man, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. Like, I'm not yet there. Like, I'm going to misstep. I'm going to do stuff. You see, who says that the mistakes are not part of God's plan to make you this wise person? When you use Google Maps, <clears throat> like we have a kind of example, is when you use Google Maps, for instance, and Google Maps tells you to take a certain direction, and for some reason, um, whatsoever, I have reasons why I, I oh, just forget about that. So for some reasons, <laughs> for some reasons, I have reason that you know not of. There are reasons not of. So for some reason, you go off way. What happens is that Google Maps will tell you, you are you are a stupid person. Like, I told you to go through this way. It's plus, it's minus, it's minus five minutes slower. You, why, did you, why did you go off? Like, you know, with the voice. I can't do Google voice. So, it doesn't say that. What Google does is Google redirects you, right? And that is not so unlike how God brings about his wisdom in life. This wisdom that we pray for. Or oh, someone say, when I miss, when I miss, if God tells me to do this, or if I know that this is how God wants me to go, and then I, I don't know how to go it. I don't know how to go that way. Does it mean that have I not missed the will of God for my life? Oh, did Jonah miss God's will for his life? Oh, Jonah was supposed to go preach to the people in Tashish. But he, he took, he took um, to the people in Nineveh, he took the bus to Tashish. Did he eventually come back? Did God fulfill his will? Did Joseph not dream that his, people, his, his family would bow down to him, all kinds of stuff? But when Joseph went with his, um, I too know, and told his brothers, and they sold him to slavery, did God not eventually bring that about? Oh, you miss the direction. God redirects. It is part of his process of making us wise. See the other phrase that we should not miss. It says, this wisdom understanding does not come from books. This wisdom understanding does not come from rules or from formulas or from programs. This wisdom understanding is wisdom understanding that the Spirit gives. The Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is a person is active, is real. Yes, the Spirit speaks through the Word of God that, is, that was written by His inspiration. It tells you, oh, what kind of woman you should marry, um, not, I'm not saying, it tells you what kind of woman she might not be unequal yoke, don't believe her. It tells you you should not take a job that is dubious. It tells you in different kind of ways. It speaks primarily to his word. 
But the Spirit also knows God's acts. We see in 1 Corinthians, He knows the heart of God. He knows the mind of God. The Spirit also speaks through supernatural means sometimes. The Spirit can speak to us through visions and dreams. The Spirit can speak to us through prophecies, through words of wisdom. So, you know, um, there, there are different examples of cases and scenarios that might be in life. You know, some of us might be thinking, um, so should I let, should I let, like, should we let our child, um, our child who has finished his, his first degree in social department, um, and now he says, no, he doesn't want to use that degree anymore. He says he wants to go and do music. Like, how do we, how do we, how, how do we make this decision? You know, from all our own calculation, from all our permutations, we do not think that this is a career that will be profitable for him. Paul is saying that you pray. You see, it is not at that point. He say you are praying to God that you will feel the knowledge of his will. This is the kind of wisdom that helps us make such decisions. Or you're asking, how do I deal with an ex? An ex who I know is not a Christian. You know, while we were together, you know, trying to bring her near God, or I was trying to bring him near God, but something happened, our relationship did not work. So now, do I just forgo him or her, knowing that if she goes on that way, she's going to end up in damnation? How do I deal with it? This is the kind of wisdom that comes from praying. Oh, my parents want me to go this direction, but I know that I should not go. I have... I, I, I have prayed, I have studied, I know by wisdom, by asking, seeking wise counsel. But how can I honor my parents while still following the will of God? This kind of wisdom that comes by praying for this will to fill us. Or like me, I, I was in school to study, um, to first study geology. I then did geology for um, a number of years, and then I switched to sociology, and then in between sociology, I suspended academics for some time, I tried to draw out at some time, eventually, and all the while, my friends, I wanted to study medicine, but, so in the end, I actually studied medicine, my friends make jest of me, that I ended up, because I ended up studying sociology, so they tell me I studied medical sociology, because I spent like several years <laughs> in university. <laughs> Get a sociology degree. And for a while, I struggled with several months because, and this was also happening because I spent about four years after secondary school before I got to university. So I had friends who, had, who went to the normal track, who went to the normal process, did their school, got, got to school, um, did secondary school, got to university immediately, finished, bam, you know. And then all the while, I was just trying to get my first degree. And so I was tempted for a long while, trying to compare myself with them, like, how am I going to catch up? You know, always trying to see, um, what am I going to do differently? Always saying, no, 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 no. Is this what you're doing? Oh, yeah, still in school. No, 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 but I'm working on some projects. You know, I'm no, that's, no, that's all I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just there. You know, I don't really care about this good thing. Just my parents, but I'm working on some stuff. It makes a, you know, kind of stuff. always trying to just make face, always trying to get the attention or the interest of these people. 
It is through praying to be filled with God's wisdom, to be filled with knowledge of God's will, that I have managed to stay hardworking while not comparing myself to my colleagues, to my age mates. It is this wisdom that helps us to be inspired by our idols and our role models, and yet not blindly following them. The third, the third thing. God's will leads to worthy work. Verse 10. God's will leads to worthy work. Verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. He says, see, 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 this is one thing was not by the will of God. Don't forget. The will of God, yes, it comes through wisdom. The will of God comes through understanding. He said, but the will of God is so that you can live a life worthy of the Lord, so that you can please him in every way. This is the will of God. This is why you know the will of God. To walk worthy. You see, the, the, the proper translation will be to walk worthy of the Lord because um, the people Paul was writing to among them were Jews and they like to use the, they like to use walk, like W-A-L-K, and, you know, walk as an allusion to lifestyles, allusion to how we make decisions. That impact our lives. So walk, walk worthy of the Lord. So as to please Him in every way. You see, Paul will not leave it there. Okay, I'll please God. I'll ask the God. Um, this thing I'm doing, you know, help me to please you in every way. As I want to do this thing, help me to please you in every way. You don't start into every prayer. I want to marry. Help me to marry and to please you in every way. I want to start a new business. So help me that I'll please you. No, no, no. Paul said, no, no. I'm not leaving it there. Paul shows us. You say colon. Look, go to verse ten. You say colon. After that, please him in every way. A colon. The colon. Now it begins. Now shows us four ways that Paul says that we please him in every way. Is it bearing fruit in every good work? One, growing the knowledge of God. Two, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Three, and giving joyful thanks to the Father. Four. This is how you know that you're in the will of God. This is how you know that you're following the will of God. So the first one, bearing fruits. David Brooks, a writer for the New York Times, long writer, wise man, he wrote an article about what he calls rank-link imbalance. And in this article, David Brooks speaks of those people who, who are well-connected, who are well-educated, who are well-traveled, smart-ass, like PhDs, CFAs, COOs and CFOs and CEOs in their organizations. People who know how to schmooze you know, at networking events. People who know how to get a job. There is nothing they set their minds on that they cannot get. They have the links. They have the smarts. They have, the, they have everything, you know, like, those people where you see and say, there's no way in this industry. We can't make it. There's no way we can. Uh, you, people that make you change your career, that make you change your destiny. <laughs> David Brooks say that these people are good at this, but many of these people are terrible, are, are not wise in maintaining, friend, in maintaining relationship with friends and with lovers. You hear of that great man who after a few years you discover, you know, in the U.S. or even in Nigeria, 
who after some years you hear that this man has been seen another woman, he has another family. For past 10 to 15 years, and nobody knows about him. Respectable man, carries himself a lot, comes to speak at youth events. We've had pastors talk about the need for women to be in management and leadership, only to be discovered after many years that they've been molesting women in the congregation for decades. Great, the congregation is one of the largest growing in their place. The rule speaks of this rankling imbalance. You see, Paul says that we, are, we should bear fruit in every good work, every. They are successful and smart, but in this area, they are not. These, these what people call weird people, they are Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. Slay mamas and MCMs who know everything that they can find on Google, they know how to use Instagram, Twitter, they know the after events, they know the latest style, the moves, the songs, they eat everything up. But they are too cowardly to commit to relationships. They can't start enterprises. Always starting this and then ending it. Always being on this babe and then another babe. Always not. You see, to be sophisticated does not mean that you're wise. That you can use all these apps. That you can build even apps. That you start apps making company. <laughs> and <laughs> and your grandmother, like the people I respect the most, the people that I look up to the most, do not live in. Like one of them is my my grandmom or an elderly woman in the church I used to attend. I was working at that time after school, teaching, making some money, and this woman was just managing a small shop where she sells provision. You know the kind of shop where. You just make maybe five nera on dozen of stuff, then nera, twenty nera, this kind of business now. And this woman, then in our church, in the old church, this woman was like 70 years old or 60 something years old. In our old church, this woman was the woman who was the most consistent in what we call miscellaneous expenses and payments. Like, this was what the church used to maintain. Like, people donate to so this is what they used to run the church. So every week, you have to give like 35 nera every that time. It was back in the day when I was still very, very young. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 35 now every week. This woman paid her for, for about five years. She was paid every Sunday. Only her. Nobody else in the church. And I look at myself, this old woman, me, for different reasons. Hey, I have to buy this thing. They have to buy 35, five now every day. A grandmother, grandmother. Or I'm reminded of people that I met when I went to the middle belt not too long ago. No, just small life. They know they don't have. They like they don't have all these. They don't have these females in the mouth. These all these bad bad things that <laughs> they don't have all these things. But I was moved by their by their commitment. I was moved by I was moved by their willingness to live up to the little that they know. Like everything they know, they are doing it. I've been working in this organization for 23 years. Ah, I've been working for 35 years. I said, ah, you have not been to Lagos before. How do I come to Lagos for training? Come. Well, Lagos is not the kind of place. Ah. 
up. I was moved. I'm leaving Lagos. I know people jumping from job to job on that platform to where no yes, they settled. Bearing fruit in every good work. The second thing, knowing God better. You see, increasing in the knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of God. Ah, we want to hear God. We want God to tell us what we should do, where we should go, so that we can now tell people that I am here God. <laughs> no, no, no. God is saying no. Like, see the point. You see, the the aim is not the aim is not that so that you can hear from me, get answers for me. So that you cannot, by getting answers for me and by getting decisions for me, then you know that you know him. No, 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 no. The aim, the will of God is that you know him. That's the will of God. But the way we know, oh, the will of God is how I've asked God and God has given me the will. No. The will of God is that you know God better. That's the will of God. You know God better. That is how you know if you're in the will of God. You know God better. So it's God that will say, God telling, God telling Satan about you the way he spoke to Satan about Job. Me and Job, nothing you can do can come between us. Nothing. You see, it is it's unlike God is it's unlike those you know those you know those people that know you, those family and friends that know you, the ones that call you only the time they need something from you. Because I should tell you that some of you are like that to him. You annoy me. Because the only time you come rushing to me is to ask me for stuff, to ask me for advice, to ask me for help, to ask me for money, to ask me for... No, no, no. I don't know you. You don't know me better. You're not walking the will of God. The third one, great endurance <coughs> and patience. You see, endurance and patience, yeah. See what you, you see there? Great endurance and patience. That you have great endurance and patience. It's endurance in some kind of way referred to ability to bear up under impossible circumstance. Impossible circumstance. You're able to bear up. You're able to stay. You're able to endure. You see, you see this, is, this is the answer to those who say, and I've struggled with this. You know, like you, you pray to God for something or you are trying to make it of something, and then there was a closed door, or the thing did not work out, or the thing was stuff, or the relationship ended, or the business did not work out, and then you just conclude, that was not the will of God in my life. And that was not, it, was a, it was a closed door. The God was not leading us in that direction. No, 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 no. Paul says that the way that I know that you are the will of God, this is that I'm praying for you, that sometimes it is that you are able to bear up in a possible circumstance. Will of God, great endurance. Is it patience refers to being able to bear up with impossible people? Look at Paul. Paul was bearing up. Paul I wrote this letter. Paul was in prison. Paul was Paul that Paul pastor preached about last week. He said, We give thanks. We give thanks that we've heard of you guys from prison. He heard about them outside and was giving thanks to God. Paul was bearing up in an impossible circumstance. Was it Joseph? Joseph bore up with impossible people. Potiphar's wife in the jail. Patience. That is how you know you're in the will of God. You see, wisdom, this will of God, does not prevent bad circumstances. Oh, someone was want to know the will of God so that we won't take so that we won't take risk. We want to know the will of God so that we can take the safest and easiest option. 
You see, the will of God, you, how you know, one of the ways you know that in the will of God is that regardless of your states, that you are single and you are divorced, you won't find anyone that loves you or that likes you. Oh, that you are poor. Oh, that you are sick. Oh, that you are living in a slum. And you are able to bear with great endurance. Is the point that you are living in the will of God. Paul says that this power to bear, to have this great endurance and patience, you see, it comes from according to his glorious might. His glorious might. It's, it's not, it's not, you don't struggle to, it's not there. You don't struggle to, to bear these things. No, you don't struggle. He said, I give you according to my glorious might. When the Bible speaks of when you see glory anywhere in the word of God, it is synonymous to God. He said, according to me. Like, he said, some of you have done great stuff here. And so we have three people that we've lined up to reward you. So you cannot line up behind anybody that you want. You know, any one of you want. So we have here, um, um, we have here Bill Gates. Bill Gates, everybody. Um, we have here uh, Aliko Dangote. Mm? And then we have here um, Chief Damnola Adiremi. Um, so, so why are you guys going to, how are we going to line up? Who, who are we going to line up? The person that's going to reward you financially, who, who are you going to line up behind? Eh? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, God is saying, according to my glorious might. So imagine I'm the one. I'm, it's me that's giving you the power to be able to do this. This is what you pray for. That you be filled with the will of God. That you be able to have this great endurance according to his glorious might. The fourth. Giving joyful thanks. Giving joyful thanks to the Father. It is not... It's not, you, you, don't, you don't, you're walking the will of God. It's not that you are bearing up. Like, you just, you just, it's a stoic attitude. You just try to manage and endure the condition. You just stay at us. You just chill. People come to meet you. You're just morose and so on. So like this. I'm bearing up under an impossible circumstance. What people come to meet you and say, ah, I am displaying the great patience that I have. See, this is why I say it's not easy. But according to his glorious minds. <laughs> No, 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 no. Paul is saying that you do this with joyful thanks. This is absurd. You can't do it by saying That's why Paul says you have to pray for it. With joyful thanks. You are happy in terrible circumstances. That people are coming to meet you and saying that, are you crazy? Are you mad? Uh, is it not you? Is it not stuff happening in your life? And you say, no. Like you're giving the, you're not even talking about the pain. You're not even talking about the problem. You've not, be, you've not made it a thing to just seek pity from. In these conditions, you are so joyful that you are praying for other people. You live, you are praying about your own, but you are praying for other people too. Because that was what Paul was doing. And why is it? He said, I'm giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. The inheritance. You see, I said earlier that some of us who want, who want to do, the, who want to plan, who want to strategize, who want to know the will of God so that we can be sure that our future is certain. So that we can be set, we can be sure that everything is working well. Like, fulfillment is sure. Happiness is sure. Retirement is, is confirmed. That you, what, what is that advert? I can't remember about that. That, that um, 
Um, something about you, you see me slay when I retire. I slay when I retire. How many of you have seen that thing? Slay. You, you think I slay now? Check me when I retire. So you have this plan. But different things happen. Economy, sickness, stuff. You don't live long enough to enjoy the retirement. You know, Paul is saying that is not why he gave joyful thanks. He said he gave joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. See it though. See, see, where your, see where your savings is. See where your deposit is. See where your mutual funds is. See where your fixed deposit is. See where your children from whom you own Jemo from. See what is more than all of this. This is where it is. Is it who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light? Ah, Romans 8. Is it Romans 8 says that is it for for he for he that predestined us? Is it he, he has glorified us? Yeah, he's saying that he has qualified us. Do you notice the past tense? He said, You're not working towards it though. You're not working towards it. You see, it's not only that's working towards it, you're not working towards it. I am not also working towards it. I have done it. It is secure. Your future is secure. I have qualified you. I have glorified you. What Christ has, I have given you. What Christ looks like, you, you see, it is there. It's stored up. It's setting. No government policy, no sickness, no child, no role model, no celeb, no ex, nothing, no dubious cousin can stop it. And the final thing about God's will. God's will is a waiver. God's will is a waiver. And what do I mean by this? Let's go to verse, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, you see two domains here. It's a two kingdoms. It's a two kingdoms. The dominion of darkness. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Ah, one way... The last way you have a mistake that you know that you're in the will of God, to know the will of God, it is that you, because to waver means to relinquish, to refrain from using a right, to refrain from using a claim. Ah, you do not, you no longer want to use your will. You no longer want to work for yourself. You no longer want to just do the things that you love. You no longer want to just live for yourself, to please yourself, to please others. You surrender that will. You refrain from using that right. You refrain from using that claim and the claim that others have on you. And you surrender it because you know that you are no longer in the dominion of darkness. You know that you are now in the kingdom of the son that you love. So this is the last of all God's will. You see, you will not, in all of this that I've talked about, you will not be walking the will of God if you still manage to do all the things that I've mentioned and yet you are still somehow living for yourself. You are still somehow Trying to bring your own will to come to pass. Trying to bring your own motives, your own plans, your own dreams into play. You have to surrender your will. You have to conform your wishes, your desires, your goals and your dreams to this reality of the new kingdom that you are in as a Christian. That comes through faith in Christ Jesus. And why is this so? It is because Christ. What did Christ do? Oh, Christ had the right. 
Oh, Christ had the claim. Oh, Christ was the same with God. Oh, Christ had God. Christ was God. Philippians 2 says, He said, But Christ made himself of no reputation. Christ humbled himself. Christ refrained, refrained from using his rights, his claim. Refrained. Oh, Christ endured on the cross. Great endurance. He endured the cross because he saw the glory that was before him. The glorious. He endured the cross. And because he did this in our place, because he offered himself, say, redemption, that means it's, it's the act of putting yourself in the place of some other person. Oh, you are pure, you are perfect, you are rich, you are not a slave, but someone else, you did it for him. This is what redemption means in those times. Christ put himself in our place and say, for all these people who have continued to live for their own will, who have continued to live for their own desire, who have continued to live for their own wishes, ah, punish me, put their sin upon me, put their selfishness upon me. And you know how he did it? He prayed a prayer. Like Paul is asking us to pray. Like Paul is praying for us. And guess what? What prayer did Paul pray? What prayer did Jesus pray? He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And this is what we need to know about God's will. May God help us in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.